0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Teens Read the Book, where we feature teenage voices reading for you the text of the Book of Mormon. I'm your host, McKay Nelson. The Book of Mormon is a sacred book of scripture abridged by a prophet historian named Mormon who lived on the American continent about 1,600 years ago. It was originally written on gold plates that were discovered and translated by a young American prophet named Joseph Smith. It was first published in English in 1830 and has since been translated into 110 languages and printed over 192 million times. It is since considered scripture by members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and is, along with the Bible, another testament or witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our first podcast in a series in which we hope to bring you the entire text of this book. Today, we will hear the introductory sections that precede the Book of Mormon's main text itself. These include six things first up is the title page. Joseph Smith said that the title page of the Book of Mormon is a literal translation taken from the very last leaf on the left-hand side of the collection of plates. Our first reader, Lucy, will give you the text of the title page exactly as translated by Joseph Smith. Next will be the introduction, which is a basic description of the book provided by the church. Then we'll hear the testimonies of two groups of men who are allowed to see the original gold plates. The young prophet Joseph was under strict command from the Lord to only show the plates to a limited number of people. The three witnesses were shown the plates by an angel, and then later, the eight witnesses were shown the plates by Joseph Smith himself. Interestingly, the second group got to handle the plates, but the first didn't. The testimony written by these two groups of men provides one of the proofs, if you will, of the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. In the case of the witness, of the witnesses, even though they each ended up spending some time out of the church for one reason or another, none of them ever denied the experience they had in having an angel actually show them the plates of gold. It's a great story. I'd encourage you to go look it up. Finally, we have the testimony of Joseph Smith himself, who describes his own experience finding ancient plates and bringing forth the Book of Mormon. And last, we'll have one more piece of information that, that provides a brief explanation about the Book of Mormon and what its different segments are. So let's get started. I hope you enjoy these introductory materials to the Book of Mormon, read for you by my friends Lucy, Millie, Robert, Sean, Joseph, and Akemi.
1: The Book of Mormon, an account written by the hand of Mormon upon plates taken from the plates of Nephi. Wherefore, it is an abridgment of the record of the people of Nephi, and also of the Lamanites, written to the Lamanites, who are a remnant of the house of Israel, and also to Jew and Gentile, written by way of commandment, and also by the spirit of prophecy and of revelation, written and sealed up, and hid up unto the Lord, that they might not be destroyed, to come forth by the gift of power of God, unto the interpretation thereof, sealed by the hand of Moroni, and hid up unto the Lord, to come forth in due time by way of the Gentile, the interpretation thereof by the gift of God, and the abridgment taken from the Book of Ether also, which is a record of the people of Jared, who were scattered at the time the Lord confounded the language of the people, when they were building a tower to get to heaven, which is to show unto the remnant of the house of Israel what great things the Lord hath done for their fathers, and that they may know the covenants of the Lord, that they are not cast off for, for off forever and also to the convincing of the Jew and Gentile that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God, manifesting himself unto all nations. And now, if there are faults, there are the mistakes of men. Wherefore, condemn not the things things of God, that ye may be found spotless at the judgment seat of Christ. Translated by Joseph
2: Smith, Jr. Introduction The Book of Mormon is a volume of Holy Scripture comparable to the Bible. It is a record of God's dealing with ancient inhabitants of the Americans and contains the fullness of everlasting gospel. The book was written by many ancient prophets by the spirit of prophecy and revelation. Their words, written on gold plates, were quoted and abridged by the prophet historian named Mormon. The record gives an, an account of two great civilizations. One came from Jerusalem in 600 B.C., and afterwards separated into two nations, known as the Nephites and Lamanites. The other came much earlier when the Lord confounded the tongues at the Tower of Babel. This group is known as the Jaredites. After thousands of years, all, were, all was destroyed except the Lamanites, and they are among the ancestors of American Indians. The crowning event record in the Book of Mormon is personal ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ among the Nephites soon after his resurrection. It puts forth the doctrines of the gospel, outlines the plan of salvation, and tells men what they must do to gain peace in his life, and eternal salvation in the life to come. After Mormon completed his writings, he delivered the account of his son Moroni, who added a few words of his own, and hit up hit up the plates in the hill Cromorah. On September fir- 21st, 18th 23. The same Moroni, then a glorified, resurrected being, appeared to the prophet Joseph Smith and instructed him relative to the ancient record and its design translation into the English language. In due course, the plates were delivered to Joseph Smith, who translated them by the gift of and power of God. The record is now published in many languages as a new and additional witnesses that Jesus Christ is the Son and the living God and that all who will come unto him and obey the laws and ordinances of his gospel may be saved. Concerning this record, the prophet Joseph Smith said, I told the brethren that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth, and the keystone of our religion, and a man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts and then, than by any other book. In addition to Joseph Smith, the Lord provided eleven others to see the gold plates for themselves, and to be special witnesses of the truth and divinity of the Book of Mormon. The written testimonies are included herewith as the testimony of the three witnesses and the testimony of the eight witnesses. We invite all men everywhere to read the Book of Mormon and ponder into their hearts the message it contains, and then ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ if the book is true. Those who pursue in this course and ask in faith will gain a testimony of its truth and divinity by the power of the Holy Ghost. Those who gain this divine witness from the Holy Spirit will also come on, come to know by the same power that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, that Joseph Smith, his, rele- his relevator, and the prophet in these last days, and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is the Lord's kingdom, once again established on this earth, preparatory to the second coming of the Messiah.
0: The Testimony of the Three Witnesses Be it known unto
3: all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people unto whom this work shall come, that we, through the grace of God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, have seen the plates which contain this record, which is a record of the people of Nephi, and also of the Lamanites, their brethren, and also of the people of Jared, who came from the tower of which hath been spoken. And we also know that they have been translated by the gift and power of God, For his voice hath declared it unto us. Wherefore we know of a surety that the work is true. And we also testify that we have seen the engravings which are upon the plates, and they have been shown unto us by the power of God, and not of man. And we declare with words of soberness that an angel of God came down from heaven, and he brought and laid before our eyes that we beheld and saw the plates and the engravings thereon. And we know that it is by the grace of God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ that we beheld and bear record that these things are true. And it is marvelous in our eyes. Nevertheless, the voice of the Lord commanded us that we should bear record of it. Wherefore, to be obedient unto the commandments of God, we bear testimony of these things. And we know that if we are faithful in Christ, we shall rid our garments of the blood of all men and be found spotless before the judgment seat of Christ and shall dwell with him eternally in the heavens and the honor be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, which is one God. Amen. Oliver Cowdery, David Whitmer, Martin Harris.
4: Testimony of the Eight Witnesses Be it known known unto all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people, unto whom this work shall come, that Joseph Smith, Jr., the translator of this work, has shown unto us the plates of which hath been spoken, which have the appearance of gold, and as many of the leaves as the said smith has translated, we did handle with our hands. We also saw the engravings thereon of of all of which has the appearance of ancient work and curious workmanship. And this we bear record with words and this we bear record with words of soberness that the said Smith has shown unto us, we have seen and hefted, and know for surety that the said Smith has got the plates of which we have spoken. And we give our, our names unto the world to witness unto the world that which we have seen and we not and we lie not, God bearing witness of it. Christian Whitmer, Jacob Whitmer, Peter Whitmer Jr., John Whitmer, Hiram Page, Joseph Smith senior, Hiram Smith, Samuel H. Smith.
5: The testimony of the prophet Joseph Smith. The Prophet Joseph Smith's own words about the coming forth of the Book of Mormon are, On the evening of the 21st of September, 1823, I betook myself to prayer and supplication to Almighty God. While I was thus in the act of calling upon God, I discovered a light appearing in my room, which continued to increase until the room was lighter than at noonday, when immediately a personage appeared at my bedside, standing in the air, for his feet did not touch the floor. He had on a loose robe of most exquisite whiteness. It was a whiteness beyond anything earthly I had ever seen. Nor do I believe that any earthly thing could be made to appear so exceedingly white and brilliant. His hands were naked, and his arms also, a little above the wrist. So also were his feet naked, as were his legs, a little above the ankles. His head and neck were also bare. I could discover that he had no other clothing on but this robe as it was opened, so that I could see into his bosom. Not only was his robe exceedingly white, but his whole person was glorious beyond description, and his countenance truly like lightning. The room was exceedingly light, but not so very bright as immediately around his person. When I first looked upon him, I was afraid, but the fear soon left me. He called me by name, and said unto me that he was a messenger sent from the presence of God to me, and that his name was Moroni, that God had a work for me to do, and that my name should be had for good and evil among all nations, kindreds, and tongues, or that it should be both good and evil spoken among all people. He said there was a book deposited, written upon gold plates, giving an account of the former inhabitants of this continent and the source from whence they sprang. He also said that the fulness of the everlasting gospel was contained in it, as delivered by the Saviour to the ancient inhabitants. Also that there were two stones in silver bows, and these stones fastened to a breastplate constituted what is called the urim and thumb, deposited with the plates, and the possession and use of these stones were what constituted seers in ancient or former times and that God had prepared them for the purpose of translating the book. Again he told me that when I got those plates of which he had spoken, for the time that they should be obtained was not yet fulfilled, I should not show them to any person, neither the breastplate with the Urim and Thummim, only to those to whom I should be commanded to show them. If I did, I should be destroyed. While he was conversing with me about the plates, the vision was open to my mind that I could see the place where the plates were deposited, and that so clearly and distinctly that I knew the place again when I visited it. After this communication, I saw the light in the room begin to gather immediately around the person of him who had been speaking to me, and it continued to do so until the room was again left dark except just around him when instantly I saw, as it were, a conduit open right up into heaven, and he ascended till he entirely disappeared, and the room was left as it had been before the heavenly light had made its appearance. I lay musing on the singularity of the scene, and marveling greatly at what had been told to me by this extraordinary messenger, when, in the midst of my meditation, I lay musing on singularity of the scene, and marveling greatly at what had been told to me by this extraordinary messenger, when, in the midst of my meditation, I suddenly discovered that my room was again beginning to get lighted, and in an instant, as it were, the same heavenly messenger was again by my bedside. He commenced, and again related the very same things which he had done at his first visit, without the least variation which, having done... He informed me of great judgments which were coming upon the earth, with great desolations, by famine, sword, and pestilence, and that these grievous judgments would come on the earth in this generation. Having related these things, he again ascended as he had done before. By this time so deep were the impressions made on my mind that sleep had fled from my eyes, and I lay overwhelmed in astonishment at what I had both seen and heard. But what was my surprise when again I beheld the same messenger at my bedside, and heard him rehearse or repeat over again to me the same things as before, and added a caution to me, telling me that Satan would try to tempt me, in consequence of the indigent circumstances of my father's family, to get the plates for the purpose of getting rich. This he forbade me, saying that I must have no other objects in view in getting the plates but to glorify God, and must not be influenced by any other motive than that of building his kingdom, otherwise I could not get them. After this third visit, he again ascended into heaven as before, and I was again left to ponder on the strangeness of what I had just experienced, when almost immediately after the heavenly messenger had ascended from me for the third time, the cock crowed, and I found that day was approaching, so that our interviews must have occupied the whole of that night. I shortly arose from my bed, and as usual, went to the necessary labors of the day, but in attempting to work as at other times, I found my strength so exhausted as to render me entirely unable. My father, who was laboring along with me, discovered something to be wrong with me, and told me to go home. I started with the intention of going to the house, but in attempting to cross the fence out of the field where we were, my strength entirely failed me, and I fell helpless on the ground, and for a time was quite unconscious of anything. The first thing I can recollect was a voice speaking unto me, calling me by name. I looked up and beheld the same messenger standing over my head. Surrounded by light as before, he then again related unto me all that he had related to me the previous night, and commanded me to go to my father, and tell him of the vision and commandments which I had received. I obeyed, I returned to my father in the field, and rehearsed the whole matter to him. He replied to me that it was of God, and told me to go and do as as commanded by the messenger." I left the field and went to the place where the messenger had told me the plates were deposited. And owing to the distinctness of the vision which I had had concerning it, I knew the place the instant that I arrived there. Convenient to the village of Manchester, Ontario County, New York, stands a hill of considerable size and the most elevated, of any, in the neighborhood. On the west side of this hill, not far from the top. Under a stone of considerable size lay the plates, deposited in a stone box. This stone was thick and rounding in the middle, on the upper side, and thinner towards the edges, so that the middle part of it was visible above the ground, but the edge all around was covered with earth. Having removed the earth, I obtained a lever, which I got fixed under the edge of the stone, and with a little exertion raised it up. I looked in, and there indeed did I beheld the plates, the urim and thummim, and the breastplate, as stated by the messenger. The box in which they lay was formed by laying stones together in some kind of cement. In the bottom of the box were laid two stones crossways of the box, and on these stones lay the plates and the other things with them. I made an attempt to take them out, but was forbidden by the messenger and was again informed that the time for bringing them forth had not yet arrived, neither would it until four years from that time. But he told me that I should come to that place precisely in one year from that time, and that he would meet there with me, and that I should continue to do so until the time should come for obtaining the plates. Accordingly, as I had been commanded, I went at the end of each year And at each time I found the same messenger there and received instruction and intelligence from him at each of our interviews, respecting what the Lord was going to do and how and in what manner his kingdom was to be conducted in the last days. At length, the time arrived for obtaining the plates, the Urim and Thummim, and the breastplate. On the 22nd day of September, 1827, Having gone, as usual, at the end of another year to the place where where they were deposited, the same heavenly messenger delivered them up to me with this charge, that I should be responsible for them, that if I should let them go carelessly or through any neglect of mine, I should be cut off, but that I would use all my endeavors to preserve them. Until he, the messenger, should call for them, they should be protected." I soon found out the reason why I had received such strict charges to keep them safe, and why it was that the messenger had said that when I had done what was required at my hand, he would call for them. For no sooner was it known that I had them than the most strenuous exertions were used to get them from me. Every stratagem that could be invented was resorted to for that purpose." The persecution became more bitter and severe than before, and multitudes were on the alert continually to get them from me, if possible. But by the wisdom of God, they remained safe in my hands until I had accomplished by them what was required of my hand. When, according to arrangements, the messenger called for them, I delivered them up to him. And he has them in his charge until this day, being the second day of May, 1838. For a more complete account, see Joseph Smith's history in the Pearl of Great Price. The ancient record thus brought forth from the earth as the voice of a people speaking from the dust and translated into modern speech by the gift and power of God as attested by divine affirmation was first published to the world in the year 1830 as the Book of Mormon.
6: A Brief Explanation of the Book of Mormon The Book of Mormon is a sacred record of peoples in ancient America and was engraved upon metal plates. Sources from which this record was compiled include the following. Number one, the plates of Nephi, which were of two kinds, the small plates and the large plates. The former were more particularly devoted to spiritual matters and the ministries and teachings of the prophets, while the latter were occupied mostly by a secular history of the peoples concerned. See first Nephi chapter nine, verses two through four. From the time of Mosiah, however, the large plates also included items of major spiritual importance. Number two, the plates of Mormon, which consist of an abridgment by Mormon from the large plates of Nephi with many commentaries. These plates also contained a continuation of the history by Mormon and additions by his son Moroni. Number three, the plates of Ether, which present a history of the Jaredites. This record was abridged by Moroni who inserted his comments of his own and incorporated the record with the general history under the title, Book of Ether. Number four, the plates of brass, brought by the people of Lehi from Jerusalem in 600 BC. These contained the five books of Moses and also a record of the Jews from the beginning down to the commencement of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, and also the prophecies of the holy prophets. See First Nephi chapter 5 verses 11 through 13. Many quotations from these plates, citing Isaiah and other biblical and non-biblical prophets, appear in the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon comprises 15 main parts or divisions known, with one exception, as books, usually designated by the name of their principal author. The first portion, the first six books ending with Omni, is a translation from the small plates of Nephi. Between the books of Omni and Mosiah is an insert called the Words of Mormon. This insert connects the record's engravement on the small plates with Mormon's abridgment of the large plates. The longest portion from Mosiah through Mormon chapter seven is a translation of Mormon's abridgment of the large plates of Nephi. The concluding portion from Mormon's chapter eight to the end of the volume was engraved by Mormon's son Moroni, who after finishing the record of his father's life made an abridgment of the Jaredite record as the book of Ether. And the latter added the parts known as the book of moroni in or about the year 421 a.d moroni the last of the nephi prophet historians sealed the sacred record and hid it up unto the lord to be brought forth in the latter days as predicted by the voice of god through his ancient prophets in 1823 this same moroni then a resurrected personage visited the prophet joseph smith and subsequently delivered the engraved plates to him about this edition The original title page, immediately preceding the contents page, is taken from the plates and is part of the sacred text. Introductions in a non-italic typeface, such as in 1 Nephi and immediately preceding Mosiah chapter 9, are also part of the sacred text. Introductions in italics, such as in chapter headings, are not original to the text but are study helps, included for convenience in reading. Some minor errors in the text have been perpetuated in past editions of the Book of Mormon. This edition contains corrections to them that seem appropriate to bring the material into conformity with the pre-publication manuscripts and early editions edited by the Prophet Joseph Smith.